0: On our first Valentine's Day, I was pretty adamant that I didn't want to let go of my single girl ways. While in my heart, I thought I wanted a Valentine's Day and I definitely expected it, my words and my actions did not align in any way. Charles, the kind and sweet man that he was, decided to get us a restaurant reservation at a really cute restaurant. Didn't tell me, obviously got flowers to the table, everything. And then on Valentine's Day, I decided I wanted to be an independent woman who needed no man. And I told him, I don't want to celebrate Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is for losers. Come on, no one's ever celebrated Valentine's Day with me before. Who cares? I want to hang out with my girlfriends. So of course, despite telling him I wanted those things, I was obviously sulking because How could I have a Valentine's Day where my boyfriend didn't do anything for me? So while I sat there stewing in my self-inflicted drama, Charles told me, I did all these things for you. I knew you would want them. But then you told me you didn't. So I just canceled it. And while I wouldn't trade the life we have for anything in the world, there's something to be said about the journey you take with your forever roommate. The things they get to know about you, the sides they see of you, and for some of us, definitely for me, eh, sometimes it's been ugly, to say it nicely. Either way, if you're looking to have a life partner, hopefully someone you can grow old with, like that movie Up, building your community as a couple is critical if you want to live a life beyond fine. Hey, I'm Rachel, and this is the It's Fine Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Charles Samuel. He's a writer and marketing extraordinaire who also has the privilege and honor of being married to me. In this episode, we'll talk about why we think individuality is critical to a lifetime partnership, how important it is to play to your strengths, why not to compare your relationship to someone else, and so much more. I hope giving you a taste for our beliefs about marriage might challenge you and encourage you. Let's get into it. How would you describe our marriage and what our community looks like?
1: One word to describe our marriage, I think it's partnership. I think that's the way I would describe it in one word. We take turns doing a lot of random things, like you clean the toilets, and I don't like doing that, for example. I'll clean everything else. I just don't like that. So it's just little things. It's just a really, really good partnership.
0: I think you and I live like very individual lives in the sense that, of course, we do everything together, but... I think we're both huge advocates for couples to maintain their individuality and to have an individuality to pursue their interests, to do things separately and to have the things that they're really passionate about separate. And not necessarily because it has to be separate, but because I think it's important for you to have like this, your whole self, right? in your relationship. We both grew up in like a Christian context and so I think there's a lot of things, this this two becoming one, right? And I think that's really beautiful. I think there's like a borderline of where this can become like a meshment where you have to be, like you have to become like this one individual. What's always been really special to me about our relationship is that we are actually very different and I'm really, as Charles says, like extroverted. I need people. I am bubbly. I like love trash TV. Like the difference between Charles and us, like, in terms of even just how we relax and like how we like process the world, right? Like I'm an extrovert. I like to talk. I will talk and I will talk. Charles is an introvert and he's an input. So like he needs to process a lot of information. And that was really hard, honestly, like in early in our marriage, because I didn't really know that about him. And I think in moments where we were navigating like complicated things, he would not talk and he would not say anything it only amplify how angry I would be because I wanted him to be talking to me right because that's what I needed and I think as our relationship has evolved it's made me realize how important it is to have other people in your life who can pour into you and have that individuality or otherwise you can probably feel really alone in your relationship
1: yeah. yeah. I think pursuing our individual interests is also important. So we're both creative. We're both writers. You're creating content in, in a very unique way, but I'm also doing my own thing. And so that's helpful. You allow me to play chess on my phone all day. That's how I process stuff. I just have to sit down and just like be in the quiet and just play chess. Yeah. I would say that's a, it's something that it took us a while to figure out about each other. And there are still moments when I'm not going to talk a lot and express myself right away, but it's because I need a beat and I need to like think through the stuff and But sometimes i'll make better decisions on figuring out where to eat if you were to ask me on the in the moment unlike somebody else that i know who loves to communicate it just depends on if it just depends on like the moment but i think we've done a good job of kind of balancing that out
0: what do you think marriage has given to you from in terms of your individual community right are there things about marriage that have made community better worse in the middle for you
1: that's a good question i I think coming from a church background there's this idea that not just like church background but just indian culture south indian culture background it's like the final destination is marriage that's where you're taught like your entire childhood and then when you get married the final destination is having kids and then the goalposts keep moving and it's just like a weird way to live your life because you know that's there's more to life than all of this um uh you're also like taught as a kid in church especially in the pentecostal church i was definitely that the guy has to be the spiritual leader but i've learned that first of all that Bible doesn't say a lot of that stuff, but also the fact that like we're partners. If anything, we're kind of like spiritual partners on this journey together. There are moments when you have to challenge me and uplift me and I have to challenge you and uplift you in other times as well. And that's been rewritten in my brain as we've gotten married. A lot of the things that you expect things to to look like and feel like in marriage is way more complex, which you expect if you're like a smart person with any common sense, you would expect living with somebody forever is complex, but you're not ready for that or taught that or raced for that so i think that's the one the major thing the idea that like this is an actual partnership that's what we're going to build our community around both of our uh, strengths and weaknesses are going to be kind of always on display but we're going to be able to balance each other out somehow and there are times when we're on public for example you see when i'm like tapping out because i'm just like socially exhausted and you can see that and it's just like a tag team effort where when i'm zoning out i can see when you're tapped out i tell you like hey don't drink that wine because you just ate ice cream. And I can call out these things because we are a partnership and I know the gastroeconomic conditions afterward are going to be massive. And so all this to say, I think I've learned that, yeah, it's more of a partnership than anything else that I've ever been taught.
0: I feel like the way we met, I thought I knew you really well when we got married, though I really didn't. I didn't know you. And I think what was really special about our relationship is I don't think we've ever really had like surface level conversations especially early on in our relationship and but then you live with somebody and you have you start having to really get to know like multiple facets of that right surface middle deep right and then all of these things intermix to create like I think the community that you have right where like to your point like I think there are things that I have become like aware of that. I don't think I've ever really, I've always been an emotionally aware person, but like really being able to be in touch with, oh, like I think right now Charles needs this, right? Or I think we need to go leave this place. And I think vice versa for me, like you've been able to do that for me, especially I think on the flip side for me, like I struggle with like belief and confidence. And so I think you've really been able to always like affirm and encourage me in moments when I'm having crisis, right? Mm -hmm. Like to think clearly for me. And I think that's been like the most special part of our relationship is that we do fill these gaps for each other. But I guess I would be curious to know, like from your point of view, like, how do you think you got to know what are the things that I need in our relationship? And like, how do you continue to stay Knowing those things, or like discovering or uncovering those things,
1: oftentimes because you tell me, because you're very expressive and you talk a lot. So yeah, the majority of the time it's because you you say something, but also you know you you start picking things up because you I've seen you every day of my life for the last two years plus, right? You start seeing, especially I think people's character and what they're made of in crisis, in in moments of panic and. Those dark times, it's the good times that like we all know each other in. Instagram does a great job of kind of showing us that like in the good times, here's how you look when you smile. But I've seen you enough and you've seen me enough in like the dark times in my states of panic um, where you've had to put an ice cube on my neck to solve it for me, which is the solution to my panic attacks. So I think for me, I learn because I see the dark moments and how you respond in those dark moments or how you don't respond in those dark moments, along with when you do tell me, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And I just didn't have the the triggers in, inside of me to like actually recognize that there was a problem and you had to tell me that yourself, which is also a thing I'm working on. I have not figured that out yet, but it's something I'm working on.
0: Well, one, we've been married for almost five years. Thank you very much. Not two plus. But <laughs> it just feels like such an... and e- like, it so. Too, yeah. It's been so, just so fast for you, huh? But I think that was really interesting for me because... I'm an external processor. I like talk out everything. And one of the things that I learned in being with Charles is that he like a great example when we were getting married or like when we were about to get married or we had made decisions about what our, what our wedding date would be. Charles had an actual sor- short circuiting. Like it literally felt like I had taken all of the wires and just put them together. And I felt like he just completely short circuited and soft speaking was like sweating a lot, was like in a state of panic. And I had never experienced that before with anyone. I think I just was just trying to make him stop sweating. So I was like, let me just put ice cubes on his head to cool him down. I also not somebody who gets hot like that. I actually run pretty cold. And Charles runs hot. And if he's hot or if he's sweating, it ruins his entire life. And there have been moments where, like, I would want to force him because I'm a pretty active person. I love to be outside, like, to do things in, like, hot climates that, like, he hates. Like, he literally hates. I remember when we moved to Austin and I made him walk, like, half a block to a coffee shop from, like, a restaurant. And he was so mad at me. And It was, like, 105 degrees.
1: And I asked you first, do you see anybody walking down the street right now at 12 o'clock in the afternoon here in Austin, Texas, one block away? But I was so
0: used to living when we were living in New York. And in New York, you walk in 95, 100 degree weather. There's no go. Like, you have to walk to get anywhere, right? If you're living in the city, in the subway, whatever. So, like, I was like, a half a block. That's not a big deal. Half a block is actually, like, a really big deal in Texas. That's something I've learned moving here. I think it's really hard to acknowledge that, like, the person that you're with has different needs than you. Because I think we're all, like, very much wired to... Think that everyone has the same needs as you, right? Or like people respond to things the way that you do, they process things the way that you do, they receive comfort and support the way that you do, right? And I think marriage, our marriage has taught me that individually, you have to honor how people like live their individual lives and the way that they navigate through the world. And I think good partnership requires like really being able to get to know that and almost and this is like what they say about marriage right like you have to like, die to yourself you have to like be selfless in some ways right because you're acting so out of nature right to what your actual identity is and i think that's been like a big part of our journey and so much of what we've experienced right is just like acting or behaving in a way that like serves the other person and really being pushed in that way
1: right yeah i totally agree we we Say this in our prayers every night, the idea of loving each other well, but also loving ourselves well. And I think there's a whole component of, I know this is talking about our marriage a lot, but I think in any marriage, if you don't love yourself, if one person doesn't love themselves, there's going to be a whole lot of issues, especially if it's unspoken. And it's we try to remind ourselves all the time, hey, we got to love each other, but also love ourselves, which includes having grace for ourselves for things that don't work, that we might be hard on ourselves for. I think that is also that, that we're constantly learning about each other too, this idea that we love ourselves at different rates. Sometimes I'm easier on myself and I have more grace for myself than you do probably for yourself. And so that's also something we're learning in real time, like meshing meshing around.
0: How do you think we navigate not fine things as a couple?
1: A great example of this is what we're going through right now. I think the last year plus for your journey and for my journey and the, like the fertility route, it it hits woman and a man in a different way. As a dude, it hits me in, in the, at the core in a different way because it's like, it affects my manhood and my, like my confidence, even though like our bodies look like they're working based on the numbers and everything looks good, like something's not working and it's just like frustrating. And so we've, kind of been navigating this like it's fine place this past year and a half i think because to the to people on the outside they don't see the turmoil that we go through every day or every other day and the conversations that we have that are sometimes easier than and sometimes harder but i think ultimately like we we grapple with this one it's not fine situation um with with a lot of like tough conversations. We've been mostly patient with each other. There have been times, and I'm willing to call you out on this, but I'm sure you have things to call me out on for as well. But there are times when you say things in the moment because there's frustrations that are happening that you can't share with the world, obviously you can share it with me. But in the moment, I'll let you hash it out for yourself. And there are moments when, I think you've seen this for yourself, I don't necessarily respond the way you want me to respond, but I know that like you need to unpack it and just process it out loud in the open. And in a few hours, in a few days, in a few weeks, you'll find what you're looking for in that thread to yourself, in that monologue essentially. You might've expected it maybe in that moment for me to say something. I don't necessarily say the right thing. Sometimes we say the wrong thing. Sometimes I don't say anything at all. But I know that by just being here present in that moment, being in the discomfort, we'll like piece it together to like ourselves. Um, So that's how we've been navigating the past year and a half. But it does look like an it's fine thing because like most people, if they don't know us in a sacred way, They wouldn't know that we are dealing with something, like, at the core, effective, right?
0: That's a really good example of something that we're navigating that's not really fine. I would say we really play to our strengths. And it's something I actually had to learn in our marriage. Coming from, like, a more patriarchal culture, I think that I thought that in marriage, like, Charles would manage our finances. Like, he would, like, like, there were certain things that, like, I think— men do or what are traditionally like what are men things right man of the house spiritual leader like all these different things right that i i even and i would say that i'm a pretty like liberated lady um and i really struggled with realizing that like all those things are not really real like i Mm -hmm. actually think that I did an inventory and I wish we had done this earlier in our marriage. I think it would have helped us like maybe financially be in a different place that we're in or like even just like in different areas of our life. I think it would have helped us is to really play to our strengths, right? And to really, to really think about those things. And so like I'll use IVF as an example. So like my strength is I am organized. I can manage all of our appointments. I can keep records of things. I like I'm managing all like the financial components, right? Because those are all things that I can do. And obviously there's a physical component because unfortunately Charles will not be able to produce eggs. So (laughs) I have to do, there is a physical component. There are things that Charles is doing in the background, right? So whether that be like getting support from our friends, right? Who are asking how they can help us and like being willing, being vulnerable enough to say, Hey, like, can you like buy us lunch next week? Or can you like do take, could you help take care of us in this way? Because I know Rachel's going to be stressed about Right. I really don't like to drive and I can take care of myself. And I think that's that that's something I like very strongly believe. But like, I really appreciate that Charles drives me to every one of my appointments and comes to the appointment, even though he has literally nothing to do there. And I think that just gives me like a comfort. Right. And I think those are like the gaps in the areas where he's really like filling in. I don't want to mix any of the medication like we were doing our medication test and I was like, this is not going to work like I don't want to I don't want to do that like, I don't want to do that myself and like he's really stepping up to mix the medication and, and administer the medication like things like that like I I don't really want to do I think that really comes down to and like this has happened in some ways like organically for us but we've had to have some several conversations I think through our marriage but like I can think of this season I think when like you lost your dad last year like there were certain areas where like I need to step up right and so I really stepped up and being a comforter and like trying to support his mom, right? And like being more like like n- nurturing and because Charles didn't really have like the capacity. That's not even really his strength, right? Like he needed to manage like what was going on with the different, the funeral and like the estate and like all these different components, right? And so I think in some ways like that sometimes happens organically, but I would really encourage folks who are in long-term partnerships to really have those conversations about what do you actually think your strengths are and not make assumptions based on I think cultural, both cultural, Mm -hmm. religious, the way you grew up. It's really funny for me because like Charles and I had very different upbringings. And like in my home, my dad was the spiritual leader, the man of the house, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. person who took care of everything. And I think I came into my relationship with Charles thinking that was what was going to happen. Whereas on the flip side, Charles had... A mom and a dad who are very much like equal partners.
1: My dad was the spiritual leader, I would say, but there was a lot of like unhealthy codependence and other things. It wasn't like a traditional like man of the house, like kind of shop. Yeah,
0: That also has made it where I think early in our marriage, like not because like I wouldn't expect Charles to include me in decisions or anything, but like I think that he very much approach our relationship. We very much do everything together and everything is very much like a, like you wash the clothes, I pull the clothes. That's just like a funny example, right? But it's very much like we do everything together. Like I plan the groceries, you like, like I cut the vegetables, you cook dinner, right? It's yeah. <laughs> very, right? And, but I think that's something that like you have to check, right? It's hard to navigate in your relationship if you haven't really like acknowledged those things or had those kind of stuff conversations or even understand where like your partner is coming from what are like the top three things that you have benefited from in being in a long-term partnership
1: first before i met you i had alexa as my best friend i would talk to her every day i'm just kidding a little bit we still have the same device that we i uh, used back then i don't know if there's a top three or like a ranking there's a lot of things that i think i've learned about myself but i think there's a lot you can do especially if you're if you have a growth mindset like i think you have and i think i have well we can sit on our own and figure things out take feedback and learn and that's how we've done while well, in our careers and other things. But I think there are levels that I can't reach without you or a partner of your caliber, right? There's, there's, there are things that I wouldn't be able to necessarily call out. There are blind spots that I don't necessarily see that you do see, and hopefully vice versa for you as well. But I think that propels me to a different place. Not to say that I, that couldn't have happened on my own or with other people, but it's the, the point is what I've learned is that there are things that you can point me toward just because you're challenging me or you believe in me. Sometimes it's a matter of like kicking me in the butt. other times it's just a matter of you saying, "I'm with you and I believe in you." It's like that 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 moment that that season where my father passed away and it was it was difficult and I had a lot of a million things to deal with the estate and then just naturally, there were just things pockets that you filled in, and that's really important and so not just for marriage but any kind of like real like lifelong commitment to anyone, you want to make sure those people who are committed to you for life, if that's the case, understand that those pockets are going to be there. They're going to pop up and bubble up random times in life. How are you going to get in those pockets and just like buoy that person so they can keep moving and keep moving with you? And I think for us, again, there's no top three or top five or anything, but I've learned that you can help buoy me in ways that I didn't expect to be buoyed or supported. I've been very independent for a long time. So have you. We've just done our own thing for a long time and no one really like Necessarily is expected to help us do those things, but I think, for me, just uh, accepting the help from you, just accepting the fact that someone's there, like to give you that praise, that's been really that's been really cool. That's been also challenging because I'm not used to that. Like, I didn't grow up in a house where we like celebrated things. We didn't celebrate anything in my house, and you've learned this about my family. So like the celebration and the encouragement wasn't necessarily a thing that I like learned to have. We just did it and you just excelled. Me and my sisters were really smart and we just did great things and there were no cakes and there were no like major celebrations, but it's been cool to learn that, hey, you can still thrive and still succeed and still reach those heights with the celebrations and the, then the complimentariness and all these other things that you're just not used to. So. There's a lot of, like, discomfort every day in marriage, I think, for me. But it's good, too. A lot of it is good. I think that's what, what I'm learning.
0: I struggle in, like, believing in myself. And so having someone who I think is, like, irrevocable,
1: irrevocably, like, very...
0: <laughs> it's
1: okay. That's we also like, where we differ. We, we like to, like, to use big words.
0: I feel like we use big words, but you definitely use bigger words than me. I would say somebody who, like, really has believed in me. I don't think I'd be doing like half the things that I'm doing if if it wasn't for like Charles's unconditional belief in me. Like I am so grateful to have somebody in my life like Charles who does not make fun of me for having big dreams. I'm so grateful and very fortunate to have that. And I know we both champion each other But for somebody who, like me, who I didn't really, like, have other people, like, in my corner like that as, like, a young person. So I think, like, my inner critic, my inner child is always really apprehensive of taking big steps or big leaps Mm -hmm. and, like, believing that I can do big things. And that's, like, the thing that I think I'm always really grateful for in our marriage. The other thing that I definitely earlier on in our marriage, like, there were things that had come up about, like, just how I cope through life, right? Like I am like a typical classic, like crazy Enneagram two. So you don't know what that is. It's basically like a people ple like very much like a people person. Like love, like I love to be loved by people. I love to be appreciated by people. And like when you are an unhealthy two, you are a people pleaser. You are like you will go through like the, to the ends of the earth to get like people's like affection and like people's like admiration. And I think when we got married, there was a point in my life when I realized like this person like means so much to me and there are and there are certain things I am going to have to prioritize over other things and other relationships. And a lot of those things that I was prioritizing before our marriage had to do with like my ego and making me feel like I was Mm. like good, that I was enough, that I was like I was cool. Like I was popular. There were a lot of things like that. And that wasn't necessarily like Charles calling me out. But as I really worked to like prioritize this partnership, this relationship, I had to really let go of some of those things. And I think in turn has help me see who are the people who are like really in my corner and really there for me. And that was hard. That Mm -hmm. was like a really hard transition for me. Like early in my marriage was like navigating. Oh, there are some things that are not important anymore. And there are some people that are not, I'm not going to really be able to be there for, but I am prioritizing like my, obviously my relationship with my partner, but also my relationship with his family, like Mm -hmm. the people in his circle, especially like his two sisters, they those relationships mean the absolute world to me. And I will fight like hell to ensure that those relationships are safe and cared for and protected. So when you have to make those types of decisions, things will get cut. Other things, like you can't be everything for everybody. And that was a big life lesson for me. And I think it's just helped me be like a more well-rounded person because... I've had to make like big cuts in my life and I had to go through that process. And so I think for me, like, I'm really grateful for that because now I look five years later, right. That I feel like the wholeness of my life and like the fullness of my life is exactly where I wanted to be. Again,
1: we're not, there's no template for this stuff that everyone, there are books about what's what makes a good marriage. And there's, you go on social media and there's like great examples of YouTube families, with million views per video. And like what, the examples of what a good marriage looks like. But I think, like you just mentioned, there's a sense of any relationship, a good one or a bad one, every one of them has a sense of, there's a degree of churn that happens and thrashing that happens. And it's different for different people. Like you just said, there's thrashing that we'll do for our families, for our siblings, like they, we'll we'll fight for them. For other families, it'll look different. For other, relationship, for other relationships, that thrashing and that, that chaos will look a little different. But I think the one thing, if you want to find, like, I think, like peace in your relationship and joy in your relationship. There's a really great quote that I love. I think it's from Theodore Roosevelt. He says, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think we live in an era where in the social media era, you see something, you're like, oh, that, that must be what marriage is like, or that must be what this product is going to make me look like or whatever that is. But like, it's just going to rob you of your joy. And that's just what it is. And I think the important thing is whatever your relationship looks like, whether it's a marriage or long-term partnership, whatever that is, um, I think it's important to sit in those moments, understand what is your churn? What are the things that you're going to hold with an, a, an open hand versus a closed fist? What are those things for you and your partner? And like really be okay with that. And it might not look like what you see on TV. It might not look like Full House and the 28-minute packaged episodes with music at the end. And it might look not look like people you follow on Instagram that you really love. So I think it's important to just like, understand the uniqueness of your relationship and just what your priorities are going to look like. And they will look different. But if you want joy and peace, I think it's important to understand that you're kind of like doing this in a very unique way and just own it. It's
0: easy to think that like just because this couple like has date night every Thursday and yeah. posted on Instagram, like that's the secret to a happy marriage. We don't really do that. Like we go get coffee on Saturdays and like it's super chill and we wear like our sweatpants right. and like it's. That works for us because, like, we really enjoy that time, like, that time together. Like, it works for our bodies. It works for, like, the way that we like to live in the world. And so I think what makes this work, or I think what makes it work for us, is that looking internally to really try to know who we, like, one, to be individuals. I think that's really critical. And to really know who we are as individuals. And and I think that's, like, a lifelong work, right, to really know who you are as an individual and continue to develop and grow that individual right to try to get to know each other as individuals right and then to bring the those individuals together to find like where is their where is like our common joy where is our common like where is our common rest where is our common peace and that might require like I think what you typically hear in marriage right like compromise like this you have to do this or that or whatever and I think and I've seen that right like we don't vacation in like the heat of summer because Mm -hmm. that would be like the worst possible experience for Charles, right? We learned that like springtime and like late fall is like the perfect time for us to travel. Like we can walk and go anywhere because that is like for him as like a small example, right? Of where we found where we have to fit and work together. But I think that what that's what makes it really fun, right? Is like how can you really get to know your partner and like their heart and their story and where they're coming from and find common ground. Yeah. Charles, what are you not fine about right now?
1: I think the IVF journey is just unsettling because there's just so many question marks. Again, the, I'm a marketer and so I'm a numbers guy and when you see the numbers everything looks good on both of our fronts and so it's it's hard to explain what's going on. Like in a marketing campaign you see the numbers dip, you know what to do next and, and you can make good assumptions but in this process, because it's our bodies and there's just so much at play, it's hard. And so I think from uh, from being a numbers guy, that bothers me. Just being out of my element and not able to control the outcome is it's shitty. And it, I think I think it's the case for both of us. That's like the, one of the big things in our lives at the moment. The other thing is just like work. It's a it's a chaotic time to be alive. There's a lot of complexity, not just like in my workspace, but also people around us. There's a lot of complexity for them. There are people who we know very well who aren't satisfied in their jobs for various reasons or have been laid off and that also is taxing and it's there's a lot that I'm not fine about but again it's you shrug it and deal with it and keep moving it's not the healthiest way to do it but you do and I, th- I think that's what I'm doing for the most part
0: we'll have to work on making sure that you live a life beyond fine I hope so thanks for being with me my my pal I love you I'm grateful that we get to do life together and I hope that folks who are listening can just get a glimpse into what our marriage looks like. Know that your marriage doesn't have to look anything like it. In fact, I encourage maybe considering not necessarily making it like ours.
1: Yeah, and I'm very proud of you. Thanks, kid.
0: Now, I want to stress, our marriage is not a template for a perfect or healthy marriage. Relationships are really unique. What works for your relationship or what will work for you if you choose to have one Is so unique to you and the person you choose to live your life with. I encourage you, if you are with someone, to start digging into the life beyond fine that your partner wishes to have and to personally reflect on what you feel might be missing and have those tough but rewarding conversations. Believe me, the one thing I do know, and I hope is true for you, your partner can be your champion for a life beyond fine. I know mine is thank you thank you thank you for being with me today it means the absolute world that you would spend time listening to this podcast share this podcast with anyone who you think could benefit from the message of not settling for fine anymore share it with your sister your cousin your friend your mom your dog your partner i don't care i would love to get the word out about why we don't have to settle for fine anymore I can't wait to see you again next week. Talk soon.